Hi there, welcome to the Edup Marcom podcast. You're very welcome. My name is Philip Smith. I'm the host of the show. Every week here, I interview CEOs, founders, CMOs, and consultants from many of the largest and most successful colleges, universities, and education institutions in the world, where we talk about marketing, communications, and sales, and more. Finding out how to grow your student numbers successfully. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Denise. Thank you for coming on the Edup Markham podcast. Really happy to have you on. It's such a delight to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. My, my pleasure. Uh, just so the listeners know who's on uh, today, Denise, could you please just take your name, uh, the role uh, you work at and the university you work at as well? Absolutely. My name is Denise Lamphere, and I am the Director of Marketing and Communications at Des Moines University in Des Moines, Iowa. Fantastic. And just give me a brief overview of your career in education uh, so far, Denise. Absolutely. Uh, well, throughout my career, I have uh, focused uh, mostly on supporting nonprofits and helping them meet their communications and marketing needs. Fantastic. This includes, yeah, it's been awesome. This includes the communications and marketing teams at four different institutions of higher education, as well as a community hospital and I would tell you, uh, Philip, that on the higher education side, my very first role was at a writer at a state university in the public relations office of the Colleges of Health Science. Wow. I've also worked at two different residential liberal arts colleges, while, where I learned um, what I like to think is uh, everything. Uh, I learned <laughs> thing about everything, because you need to know everything about everything when you work at a liberal <laughs> arts college, right? Um, yes. Uh, it, then uh, I've I, so that everything has included serving as the alumni magazine editor and supporting the communication needs, as well as the president's office, doing everything from crisis communications to recruitment and fundraising marketing. Uh, at my last uh, job before I started at Des Moines University, I was the executive director of marketing and communications, and I led a team of nine to create and execute a strategy to announce a significant tuition price change. And now as the director of marketing and communications at Des Moines, I feel like I'm uh, combining everything I've learned in healthcare and, and the higher ed sectors to really wow. uh, promote the university and its um, services. So my incredible team here at DMU supports, um, as you might imagine, marketing and communication efforts for admissions, advancement, and the president's office. And then in addition, DMU has a freestanding health clinic with several medical specialties. So we work to promote the clinic uh, and tell its story to people needing health services in the greater Des Moines area. Well, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Yeah. And just tell me more about the role in itself. I know that the the director of marketing communications role at any university is there's so much in it but i suppose what what are some of the, the key and uh, things you're focusing on in, in the role and a bit about the university as well denise well, um, you know, first of all, I think it uh, it helps to uh, recognize that that's a big question, Philip. Um, yeah, it is, and I apologize. It is. It's very no, big. Uh, no, it is. I love it. I love it. Um, but it it also, I think, uh, demonstrates just what what the challenge is, right? Um, a little bit about Des Moines University is is that it's a premier private medical and health sciences institution. We have three health science colleges with 10 different um, 
programs, uh, including our prominent 125-year-old osteopathic medicine degree. Wow. Uh, I, I think another thing that's important uh, to know about DMU is that uh, all of those 10 academic degree programs are at the graduate level. So that means everyone on campus, everyone who's part of our program, uh, whether it's uh, hybrid, remote, or on campus, they all, uh, students and faculty, share a focus on healthcare and the health sciences and the ways that they can be um, professionals and leaders in those critical areas in the future. Mm. So uh, again, as you might imagine, it makes for exciting um, uh, work uh, for uh, the students and faculty and for the marketing team. Um, uh, I, um, I, I wanna share just a few more uh, details, I think about the university to help uh, again, uh, understand the work that our marketing team does. Yes. Uh, as the nation's second oldest osteopathic institution founded in 1898, DMU has a really, really strong foundation and, and reputation as a, a provider of healthcare experts. Um, mm -hmm. DMU takes a whole person, uh, holistic tradition and orientation. Uh, reflecting on the university's collaborative, supportive environment. Uh, again, qualities DMU has long been known for. In recent years, too, DMU has become a leader uh, in promoting teaching and living diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, particularly in uh, how, ensuring how our students uh, get cultural competency. We believe that is so critical in providing culturally appropriate, respectful healthcare services and, and leadership after they, after they graduate from uh, DMU. And then most excitedly in the summer of 2023, DMU moved to a new campus built from the ground up. So we had a, a campus that we'd been at for many, many years, uh, I think around 40. And um, uh, the DMU leadership and board uh, realized that um, to uh, continue to be innovative and at, at the forefront of medical education, um, they needed to build a new uh, campus um, from the ground up. So literally, we're not just at the forefront of medical and health sciences education, we're actively shaping its future through this state of through our state of the art facilities, our faculty and our curriculum. And I would also uh, say how proud I am, too, of the organization because it's intentionally designed all of this to educate the future healthcare workforce and meet the, the needs of the, of the world. Mm -hmm. So from a marketing standpoint, you know, bringing all these advantages to a brand new campus definitely differentiates DMU and uh, makes our, our work fun and exciting and challenging because we're... I, I think concurrently working to tell stories about the university's rich past and traditions, while also creating new stories about our innovative new campus and, and our new programs and the possibilities that, that they offer. Fantastic. And I suppose just what makes the university different, and though you've highlighted so much there, or perhaps is there a unique messaging that, that, um, the differentiation for university yeah, university has that you put into the marketing for how you communicate its values and, and why students should come to Des Moines University? 
Mm -hmm. Well, again, I, I, I think, you know, with those benefits and the, the challenges that the world um, offers for which we can talk a great deal about, I think there's always one big, big truth that helps pave um, the way that our team constantly works to reinforce and, and mm -hmm. that is that DMU is a supportive, collaborative community where faculty and staff want students to succeed. So I think that that's a, a, a point that all of our communication leans um, into. It's it's a critical component of, for yes. example, our brand guide that we developed since I started at DMU uh, a year ago. Uh, to help our community also help us be ambassadors and share that that story as well. Fantastic. And I suppose what are some of the key challenges you've you've experienced in creating that effective marketing for the college? Sure. Uh, the challenges are galore. Probably number one is time. Time is my challenge, Philip. There's just not. <laughs> I hear that all the time. It's always <laughs> a, such a struggle. <laughs> There's just not enough of it in the day. But seriously, though, um, having uh, joined DMU in January of 2023, just six months before it moved to um, its new campus, uh, time really was of an of an essence. Uh, so in the year that I've been at DMU, some of the things that I've done uh, uh, are to work purposely to form relationships with peers and partners across campus to open doors uh, for collaboration. Um, I think that that's been important uh, because connections make the difference and ensure that even with key challenges, none of us are working in isolation. Yes. And it's also key, right, to the great storytelling that you and I both know is so integral to the work that we do. Absolutely. Um, I will tell you that in the year that I've been there, uh, what I've come to learn is that marketing graduate level health sciences programs is very, very different from marketing undergraduate programs at a residential college. Um, and, and on top of that too, uh, I've found that the audiences that we market to uh, across our 10 programs are also very, very different. You know, those uh, personas uh, from uh students considering a career in uh, as a future doctor are, are different than what an occupational therapist or a PT or a physician assistant might be. There are some similarities, but again, the demographics and their needs are, are enough that it's uh, kind of a one and done messaging either. Mm -hmm. So um, we work hard every day that uh, to create messaging that leans into that strong brand and those collaborations that I've talked to you about while also appealing to those um, 10 different audience types. Yeah, and I, I hear that so much from universities where you have so many different types of courses and programs and departments and there's so many different types of careers then for each of those courses and, and qualifications and then the different types of demographics and students for each of those uh, courses and trying to capture all those audiences. So it's it's the um, it's a constant challenge, but um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really interesting to see it uh, in, in work. And I suppose looking at the education sector a bit more broadly, is there, I suppose, any change you see, see perhaps coming down the, the road or changes for the university itself? Um, yeah, you know, changes and, and also um, I think as well, just uh, from the challenges of the, the landscape outside of the walls of the university also mm -hmm. are worth um, mentioning. For example, the American Osteopathic Association uh, uh, 
says that the number of osteopathic medical schools has more than doubled over the past wow. two decades. So, you know, there's 41 um, other osteopathic universities um, out there, which creates increased competition for is DMU's most extensive degree program. So it also means we can't rest on our 125 years of, of laurels, right? Um, <laughs> and then similarly, um, we have a podiatric uh, program where we uh, train uh, experts in foot and ankle care. And it's a really excellent program, but promoting the profession itself to college and high school students has been a big challenge. Um, there's uh, not a, a large pool of potential students because not a lot of people understand what podiatric medicine is. Sure. Um, and again, we have, there's 10 podiatric schools across the nation. So it's highly competitive for a very, very small pool of people considering that degree. Um, and then there's also, um, I would say, um, that COVID and and other related burnout amongst um, health and public health professionals uh, have discouraged interest in those fields. The thing that I've been super impressed with at DMU is that at uh, the highest levels, the university has worked to create partnerships with uh, regional organizations to help open those pathways and encourage students to uh, consider careers in healthcare. So that education is a big part of some of the work that we do. Um, I, I also, I like to say kind of, uh, we work from cradle to caduceus to educate <laughs> students about opportunities in these, in these fields, just because yes. of some of them, those challenges. And I don't see them change that, that going away in the future. Um, some of the things that DMU has, um, done uh, are something really simple. Like uh, we've created a QR code business card uh, that drives people to a section on our website designed specifically for high school students um, to learn about uh, the university and the programs that we offer. We've provided that um, QR code to organizations like the Greater Des Moines Partnership that they take with them when they attend high school college fairs to help us, again, introduce the concept of, of a medical education at, the, at that age. Uh, and also the university is um, taking on some major collaborations with um, other regional um, partners. One example is um, with some financial support from the Polk County supervisors in Iowa, DMU is establishing a shared um, regional uh, simulation center that will provide advanced healthcare training opportunities, not just for DMU students, but also for other healthcare um, institutions in the greater Des Moines area that will help us address healthcare workforce shortages, but also make um, the university a really attractive um, place to uh, attend. Uh, so um, again, those, those, those challenges I think feed into your question, Philip, about um, what might be um, changing um, in the future. So again, we'll just need to constantly be paying attention to uh, online learning and um, what what needs might need. That simulation center is going to be so, um, so important. And then mm -hmm. also, there's been the doubt cast on a college education. 
um, as I know you've probably talked about with some of your other guests. Um, yes. And as a medical graduate university, DMU uh, probably is experiencing that less than an undergraduate institution. But believe me, we're still keeping an eye on that uh, to make sure that we're adjusting and um, staying ahead of it, both from a messaging standpoint, but also in some of the work that we're doing, such as what I've I've shared here with you to today to um, hopefully offset that. And so uh, essentially, you know, trying to take that hockey puck to where it needs to go before it it uh, gets there. Of um, course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So much in that, Denise. And it's, I, I would like to, as well, we mentioned there, but the QR code, that's a really interesting marketing campaign. But uh, I've heard this a lot that there are just such a growing number of new entrants to the market, you know, online schools or academies or colleges entering the market. And I think it's becoming a more and more competitive uh, place for universities, certainly. And I think to look more than perhaps at the marketing and communications pieces, do you see perhaps changes coming there as well in the future in the higher education sector? I know you mentioned already, of course, that the QR code campaign, which is probably a good example of the different types of marketing campaigns we might see more of in the future. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, I famously once said in 2019 that the QR code was never going to be a thing again. Um, but, uh, we all make um, false predictions. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, my advice is now very different from what it was around QR codes than it was in 2019. Um, and I think that's also part of the, you know, uh, importance of, of making sure that we uh, stay on top of things and and understand where where we go because of the pandemic. QR code technology improved significantly, and also people became more accustomed to to using it. So you know, using those make more sense today. Yes. Um, I I would also I I, uh, I don't always like to admit this, but I have been in the marketing and communications industry since 1990. And um, so much has changed since then. And and honestly, even in just the past five years, there's been significant, you know, change. Yes. Um, back in the 90s, I helped two different organizations uh, develop their very first uh, websites they, because they weren't a thing until then for, yeah. for <laughs> organizations. Yes, right. So I, I think um, from a, a marketing perspective, we always just need to pay attention to how are prospective students and alumni wanting to receive information because that's different. And the tools that we have available to us to deliver that information are um, changing. Um, and sometimes they change back like QR codes. Um, what information and institutional advantages are most important to them? And those may change um, as well, because I think what millennials want may be different from what those next uh, generations after them uh, desire. We Definitely. also need to keep an eye on what artificial intelligence will do to the world of education, marketing, and communications, as well as what are the future headwinds that we might face. You know, will there be another global health challenge? How are the political changes in the world going to affect that? The the work that we do, because um, all of that may also affect how we market and and the focus that our messages need to take. Um, so at the end of the day, um, just being ready for that uh, and being responsive, smart, and nimble is is going to help deal with the fact that change change will come. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you said it so well there. You know, there's been so much change just in the past five years. And it's it's hard to imagine even where the changes will happen in the next, you know, even year or two with, with AI and everything happening. So it's it's it, there's so much to take in and try to um to stay up to date with. And I suppose just that leads me to this next question or the, the final question to wrap up. Denise, is this a key piece of advice you would give for successful growth or, or marketing for a university from your experience? Yes. I do think that um, with change, we need to constantly be ready for it. And so my best advice for that, and I think that has worked well for me over the years, is to focus on building a solid marketing foundation. Because yes. if you don't have that, it will crackle under any kind of ad adversity. You know, the chunks will start coming out. Um, you know, it won't, if you don't have a strong foundation, you won't be able to pivot to the latest trend, whatever that might be, whether it's QR codes or, or AI. Uh, so, uh, my, my advice is hire great people, treat them well and listen to them of your administrators and leaders have a seat at the table because that helps build the foundation to do our jobs well. And then I think also the, the, other part of that foundation is to look ahead and stay focused on the the smart work um, where everyone on the marketing team knows that this is the direction we're headed and this is how we work together collaboratively so that you're not negotiating those sorts of things um, in the heat of the moment. Yeah. And, then, and then believe in your institution's mission and always, always, always maintain authenticity those those are those are my um insights on on that philip yeah and that's that's really fantastic insights denise i, I completely agree with everything there um yes it's so much there but so important just to i think really just value the people you work with and, and work well together above everything else yeah uh, denise thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was a real pleasure having you on and uh, yeah i'm excited to see uh, what uh, demons university does next me too. Thanks, Philip. Thanks, Denise. Hi, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Ed Up Markham podcast. If you'd like to be a guest, you can do so by applying on edupmarkham.com, where you can also find a catalogue of all of our episodes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed. it.